I look at all these women and I'm like, this is so awesome. Like, this is what I need. And, and that was like the moment that I realized, like, I didn't want to be insignificant. Like I wanted to see what I could do. And it's something that to this day, I'm super passionate about with everybody that I work with and even myself, like that performance always drove me. Like, that's what I got excited about. Like I wanted to be able to do more. I wanted to be able to do pull-ups and squats and snatches and all that stuff. And so that the transition really wasn't, I was more like protective of my workout time. Like I wanted to be as productive as possible. So everything I did with my food and everything I did for my training was like to make sure that that was the best it could be. And so that was a huge switch for me. Like just going from being small to being like a badass really is what it was. I wanted to be a badass girl and that really drove me. Hi, my name is Scott Switzer and I am the Clydesdale. My friends, Amy Radowski, Charlie Yodi, Kat Shear, love fitness as a sport as much as I do. We are all 40 plus masters age athletes who give all we have to lead a healthy, active life. We also want to bring you athlete interviews, human interest stories, and all the news surrounding the sport of fitness. If you like what you hear, consider giving us a five-star rating and writing a review. We are also available with full video on YouTube at the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends Podcast, as well as all traditional podcast platforms. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at the Clydesdale underscore fitness and friends. And now, off to this week's episode of the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends Podcast. We have talked about this. It started on Games Weekend that our podcast wanted to get to a thousand subscribers on YouTube. Yeah. When you hit a thousand subscribers, it allows you to do so much more. Uh, you have the ability to go live from different events, things like that. And Games Weekend, we really wanted to kind of go live and do some commentary of the games, but we couldn't because we don't have enough subscribers. So I reached out to Dave and uh, he has agreed to sponsor this kind of giveaway that we're doing in our road to a thousand. And that is every time we hit a new century mark, we're going to give away an RX jump rope, the original RX jump rope. You get to pick the colors, you get to pick the, the thickness of the rope. Um, but we want to give away a rope every, every hundred new subscribers we get. The key to that is you have to be a public profile when you subscribe, hit that subscribe button. If you're public, I get to see your name. And so that way we can draw from those names and give away that jump rope every hundred subscribers. And so we are super stoked about this. Uh, we wanted to do something fun with it. And Dave and his team came up with this kind of concept and we're really excited to keep moving forward with that. Yeah. We're excited to help you along with that. And something I didn't tell you, but I might as well, I might as well put it out there. We're going to throw some other little goodies in there. We're not going to say what they are, but, uh, and it may be different every single time, but whoever, uh, whoever wins is going to get some extra little stuff in there. So it should be oh, fun. That's awesome. And so make sure you hit that subscribe button, tell your friends, tell your family, because the faster we get to the next century mark, the next time we draw for another rope and you're, you're involved, whether you are the first subscriber or the thousandth subscriber, you're still eligible to win 
uh, in these in these giveaways. So, and now off to this week's episode. Hey, hey, Cheryl, how are you? Yeah. Yeah. There we go. Sorry, I um, literally just started a new client from Arizona, and he had a bunch of questions. So I was um, just finishing up with him. So I was like, yay. But yay, we finally get to sit down and do this. I'm so excited. <laughs> yeah, not a problem. So we are, we're already recording. Um, I will do a quick introduction of you, and then we'll, we'll do a little bit about your background all the way up through your like, CrossFit journey and to what you're doing today and the exciting thing you have going on this weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of just that. It's going to be really conversational. We just love to hear stories. And, um, and so we'll just get started here. I love it. I All love right. it. Yeah. All right. So for our listeners and those on YouTube, we have a very special guest today, Cheryl Nasso, uh, CrossFit Games competitor and coach. And we're excited to kind of learn more about her and see what's going on in her life. And so I want to introduce this first by talking about how kind of you and I came to find each other um, and the the funny way. And then, so Cheryl started following the podcast, uh, which blew me away. And I followed her back and I started watching her Instagram lives. And Cheryl then gave us a shout out. Uh, on her Instagram a couple times, which was really cool. And we just started talking back and forth a little bit. And I told her that I loved the stories that she was sharing on those Instagram lives. And I wanted to have her on the podcast to kind of expand on that and get to know her a little bit better. And voila, here we are. Yeah. um, Thanks for the introduction. And honestly, I just have to give you guys another shout out because why I started following you is like, I just, I, I podcast, I'm always about like just learning more and, and everything. And I happened to randomly come across your podcast somehow. And I just started listening to it. And it was like, I was like, Ooh, when's the next episode coming? When's the next episode coming? And, and I was just really like, I don't know, I was intrigued and I, I just wanted to be a part of it. I was like actually hoping that one day I would be asked to come on your show. Uh, cause I, I definitely love what you guys talk about. I love everything. So, um, and yeah, I mean, and with my Instagram, I, I really am trying to not even just, you know, right now I primarily do a lot of nutrition coaching and online programming and stuff like that, but just getting more value out in the world of like, guys, there's this world out there and, and we're all capable of so much in it. And we all hold ourselves back from what we can do because we're afraid. And, and we all have that even, even people that have succeeded have it. And so Really, that's why I, I try, and every time I'm having a thought, and usually it's <laughs> after my morning session when I'm super sweaty, that I have all of these thoughts in my head while I'm working out, and I'm like, people need to feel this. They need to know this stuff, and, and that's usually why I end up going live on it. So, Yeah, your lives are great. Um, if our listeners aren't following you on Instagram, they should be, and uh, checking out your lives because they're, they're very inspirational, and you tell it straight, and I love that. Thank you. So let's start by learning a little bit about where you came from. Have you always been a Florida girl? I have. Yeah, I've, uh, I've, I swear I've tried to leave a few times and I always end up back here. I remember being 18 years old and like, I cannot wait to get out of the city. And every time I've left, I've come back, you know, from going off to college in Orlando. My grandmother got really sick. I came home to help take care of her. And then I moved away. I tried to go out to California and it was really expensive. And then I came home 
And then I decided to move to across the New England and ended up coming home. Like every time I've left, I've somehow gravitated back towards Florida. So now I'm like, this is my roots. It's where I'm meant to be. It is what it is. So. <laughs> so when you were growing up there, did you have an athletic background as a child? It's so funny. Cause this is something that I've, I've really been like opening up a lot about is as a kid, I wanted to be an athlete. And I remember telling my mom, like, I want to go into the Olympics and I want to go into gymnastics, but we didn't have a lot of money growing up. So those sports were really expensive. Um, so I, I did fall into soccer and I played soccer and I did cross country, um, but I gave it up like my first year of college. So I really didn't pursue it from any other aspect other than like it was part of my scholarship program. And then when I decided to come back home and finish up at the college here, I didn't really need that anymore. So um, athletically, I, I kind of, I guess it's probably why I'm so good at the aerobic stuff is because I was a runner. I was a midfielder. So that was my, my history and my background. And so you went, you did you finish college? I did. I ended up coming back home here. So it's funny because fitness is, is kind of what it changed my major because I was originally going in to be a veterinarian. I thought I wanted to be a vet. And, and then I'm like, I really don't want to go to school for eight or nine years. And I got into a really bad depression and I started working out and, and I started to get fit and started to work on nutrition. And, and I realized that all the people that were asking me questions about what I was doing was making me want to help people. And so I ended up changing my major to exercise science and wanted to go into personal training and ended up taking that on. So when I came back home here, that's what I ended up changing my major to, um, getting a personal training certification. And it was super flexible because I could help with my grandmother and I could still teach, you know, group classes and do personal training on my own schedule. And so that's kind of where I, I started my fitness journey. So I know that in some of your Instagram lives and some research I've done, you battled an eating disorder for a while uh, while you were younger. Uh, can we talk about that a little bit? Yeah, uh, and I'm super passionate and open about it. Um, so when I came home, uh, it was, if I could explain the chaos of that year, um, my grandmother got diagnosed with stage four cancer. Um, that same year, we had three massive hurricanes like come through our, 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 our environment or whatever, our, 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 our city. Um, and literally like my entire life was in chaos. And the only thing I felt like I had control over was my nutrition. And I know that sounds like, well, that's dumb, but it became the only thing that kept me sane. And it spiraled into me just not wanting, like I got into really bad depression and, and it just, it, it's super hard to talk about because unless you've ever dealt with something like that, it became, you know, some people, they say that they're emotional eaters. I was an emotional under eater. I didn't feel like I deserved to eat. And I, I literally, I put on a face every day. I jumped around in front of people every day and, and I was, I was dying and it literally took, um, and I'm really trying to shorten up that story because it was, it's, it was a long journey. It literally took, my boss one day to tell me, Hey, Cheryl, like you don't look good. Let's go to the hospital. And I didn't know what was wrong. I felt fine. I didn't know what she was seeing because I didn't realize how sick I had gotten. Um, you know, just cause I was masking everything that I was dealing with, with that. And that day I went to the hospital and my blood sugar was super low. My heart rate was like 27 and they admitted me. And they basically told me like, Hey, like you need to go 
to Palm Beach, which is 45 minutes south. We're probably going to airlift you there because your heart's not in really good shape and we're probably going to have to put a pacemaker in. And I just like saw my whole life, like everything was like, what's going on? Like, I didn't realize how sick I was. And, and that was kind of like the breaking point for my family because, you know, I, I hid everything behind baggy pants and, and sweatshirts and, and just kind of like took care of everybody else and didn't take care of me. And, and that was the first time my mom was like, okay, like you're not coming home until you're better. And so, um, that week I stayed there. I was fortunate that they were able to stabilize my heart. And by the end of seven days, like my heart rate started to come up to a normal place. And, um, they finally were releasing me to go home. My mom's like, you're not going home. And she said, you know, you're not coming home until you're better. And so my family, uh, super expensive. They, um, all came together and they got me put into a treatment center, which was uh, about two hours south here. Um, and I stayed there for about four months inpatient. And then from there went to uh, an intensive outpatient program to kind of overcome all of these things. And, and it was a super hard time in my life. And um, if you'd asked me then, I, I would have asked you like, why is this happening to me? And and like, why am I going through this? Why do I feel this way? Why am I afraid of food? Like, why am I afraid of being big? Like, why am I afraid of being seen? And, and if you ask me now, that all happened for a reason, because I've been able to take that part of my life that was so like, could have killed me and like channel it into a way to help other people who struggle and, and helping other people. And so my biggest struggle really has become my biggest strength. And that's honestly why I, I talk so much about about it because I want other people who are maybe dealing with something else to know that that thing that they're dealing with is powerful in a way that they don't know because it's it's part of their purpose and it didn't happen to them that happened for them so yeah. well and I think it makes perfect sense what you said at the beginning how um that you were saying that you know doesn't make sense well it, it makes sense to me that that when you are going through a trauma or you're going through something that you you try to find or grasp onto anything that you can control like you said and although it may not be the healthiest coping mechanism it is a form of coping you know with with that trauma that's going on and i think that that's so great that you have you know gone through that process and that experience of healing that then you can then take that and provide that for other people because you know you, you've been there you've done that yeah well, I think another thing that really fascinates me, Cheryl, is as I was reading about your story, um, you talk about over-exercising as well, mm-hmm. that um, the exercise was kind of, then you got to reward yourself by eating. Mm-hmm. And where you are today with being a competitive athlete and the exercising and, and all the workouts you do, how did that transition go from being an over-exerciser and an under-eater to being a competitive athlete? Yeah. It's so, so gives me goosebumps. So like, so I came out of treatment and they're like, you should just not go back to the gym. And I'm like, dude, I, I played soccer. Like I like to run. I, I like fitness. And before I did CrossFit, like my classes, like I talk crazy, like they were CrossFit classes, they were hit classes. And I'd always been this like intense person. And then they're like, maybe do yoga, maybe go for a hike. And I'm like, So I came out of treatment and I had no idea what to do with myself because I didn't want to get sick again. I didn't want to risk that. 
Um, but I needed something. So I originally was going to go start doing mixed martial arts. My brother was doing it. And just next door, there was a CrossFit gym. And my dad had been driving around the plaza one day when he dropped us off. And um, he's like, Cheryl, have you ever heard of CrossFit? And I was like, no. And he's like, you should go talk to the owner. She seems really cool. And I think that that would be a really good outlet for you. And I was like confused. I'm like, okay. So I go online, I Google CrossFit.com and the workouts like front squat, one, 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 one. I'm like, they're doing five front squats. Like I'm not doing that. Like I was like, I didn't understand, but they finally like two or three weeks later, I, I had been watching them down there, like flipping tires and doing stuff. And I'm like, you know what? Like, I want to go check it out. So I went down there to check out a class and I freaking loved it. I was like, this is so fun. It was like, they put me through fight gone bad because that's what they did all with all of their martial arts girls that went down there. And I'm like, Oh, this is like so cool. I love it. And then the owner was like, you should try out for the CrossFit games. And I was like, what's the CrossFit games? I'm like, this is so cool. <laughs> like, and so I got all excited and, and he told me about it. And, and that year was, that was 2010. So they signed me up for the, um, back then it was the sectional. So before there was even the open, they had the, the sectionals. And then from the sectionals, you would go to regionals, which that was like Rich Froning's first time, like ever being anywhere. So, um, so basically I signed up for this competition. I paid $50. I go there and I'm like, still like, pretty small because I just came out of like treatment and I look at all these women and I'm like, this is so awesome. Like, this is what I need. And, and that was like the moment that I realized, like, I didn't want to be insignificant. Like I wanted to see what I could do. And it's something that to this day, I'm super passionate about with everybody that I work with. And even myself, like that performance always drove me. Like, that's what I got excited about. Like, I wanted to be able to do more. I wanted to be able to do pull-ups and squats and snatches and all that stuff. And so the, the transition really wasn't, I was more like protective of my workout time. Like I wanted to be as productive as possible. So everything I did with my food and everything I did for my training was like to make sure that that was the best it could be. And so that was a huge switch for me. Like just going from being small to being like a badass really is what it was. I wanted to be a badass girl and that really drove me. So I know you said, I've read a quote that you said that CrossFit made you better, not smaller. And yes. that was kind of the switch uh, that, that let you kind of understand nutrition better along with the, the performance of working out. Yep, absolutely. And it was, it was, Literally, I will always say CrossFit changed my life. And even when I'm not competing, I will always do CrossFit. I will always be a part of the community. I just, I value it so much for, for the, the, the shift it gave me in terms of the focus and the gym, you know, so, yeah. So that you wanting to be better every day is really what helped you get kind of healed over what you had gone through. Yes. That, and I think the other thing is really the environment. Like, because, you know, like I love my family to death, but they're no, they're the polar opposites of me. They could care less about eating broccoli. They're like pizza wings, like whatever, you know? So, and they don't work out. So I'm kind of like the anomaly in my family. But when I realized that there was like a community of people that were fit, I'm like, oh, this is cool. Like I wanted to be a part of the community. And, and honestly, as an introvert, it, it got me like 
kind of being more extroverted too, I, I actually became more social again because when I was sick, I was like, I didn't hang out. I lost so many friends. I didn't want to hang out with anybody, but now I had a community of people that I had shared common interests with that it kind of brought me out of my shell again. And I, I kind of felt alive for the first time in years. So how far did you make it in 2010? So I made it to the sectionals and I bombed out. Um, I think I remember there was a workout called man on fire and it was like a 55 pound kettlebell. And like the standards were like, got to get it over your head. I couldn't like, I kept like the girls were just ripping it up. And I think Jenny or might've even been complete competing at this time. And I was like struggling so hard with that, but I killed the run that year. I think I like won the run that year. But that next year, I was able to qualify for my first game. So I, I literally like left that weekend. I'm like, I'm eating. I'm eating and I'm getting stronger and I'm going to get healthy and I'm going to train my butt off. And, and, and that's really what I did. So. Did, did you, you say Cheryl Jenny Orr? After, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Jenny Orr. Jenny, <laughs> yeah. Another OG. Um, She's an OG. Cheryl, where did you learn? So what made you think that eating more was the, was the ticket? Did you sort of like see what other people were doing at the games and how they were eating or were you doing your own research? Like where, where did that come from? So it came from, um, honestly, body dysmorphia is huge and I know I deal with it. I didn't see myself as small. And to this day, that's something that I have to still remind myself that I'm still a smaller athlete in this sport. But when I looked at how small I was standing next to the other people, I realized that my size was an issue. And that, at that I think that year I weighed like 110 pounds. I'm like, I'm going to have to put on some weight if I want to compete with these girls that are 20, 30 pounds heavier than me. So the, the push really was like, it was the first time that I was like, I was comfortable gaining weight again. I was like comfortable, like getting a little bit bigger again and being okay with that. So, um, and I knew that food was a ticket. So um, that's really what I did. What nutrition did you, did you jump into? Did you have an idea of what you wanted to eat or were you, was it kind of a discovery at that point? So knowing that I, I'd come from a gold gym, globo gym, whatever. Um, I had such a, like, I want to call it like the bodybuilder mentality of food. And then I went into treatment and I will tell you nothing again. Treatment was the best thing that ever happened to me in terms of it saved my life in a way, but they go back into this like structured, like you're, you're almost in a disordered behavior with food. Like I've got to have all these groups and blah, blah, blah. Um, and then when I started to do CrossFit and I did, did my level one, I started to really be interested in like the paleo diet and the zone. Um, and that was obviously like, that was really big at that time. So I really just dove into all that stuff. I kind of gave up because my journey is crazy. I, I kind of gave up the weighing and the measuring altogether in the beginning and just kind of went solely like by how I felt. And that was probably a blessing in disguise because I wasn't stressed out about anything. Um, and I kind of just went by more of like the paleo diet, I guess you'll call it. Um, and then later on, as I kind of realized like I was gaining weight too quickly, and gained a little bit too much weight, I kind of started dialing things back a little bit. Very cool. Um, so then 2011, you make the CrossFit Games. Yeah, that was super fun. Um, super crazy. It, even when I watch like the old like videos of me doing it, it, this sport has changed so much. And when I think back to like doing those workouts, the first, oh my gosh, I don't know if you guys remember this, but the first workout was that double under snatch workout. And it was the first year that they had the open leaderboard. 
and there was like a glitch or something in it. So like this workout, people were able to do it for like three weeks. Do you know how many times I did that stupid workout because everybody else was doing it over and over again? And then like Dave Castro programs like two years later, again, I'm like, oh my gosh, this workout again, I don't want to see it. But, but yeah, that was my first year. I did not like that workout, <laughs> but yeah. Um, so what was that first experience like in, in Carson getting to go to California? Super cool. Um, I will never forget. I'm from Florida, mind you, I don't swim. Okay. So first workout, Dave Cash was like, yeah, I mean, like we, we do some like water, you know, like whatever, let's plan this surf or whatever. I don't swim. Like I don't go out in the ocean and swim. So Dave Cash was like, Hey, be careful of the stingrays. You guys, your first workout's going to be this open water swim with some pull-ups and some running. And I'm like, oh, okay, this is going to be interesting. <laughs> so my first experience was literally me feeling like I was going to die. <laughs> but um, I, I loved it. I freaking, I loved it. It just fired me up even more, you know? So I was like, all right, now I want to learn how to swim. So got better at swimming, you know? So. And what was your favorite event from that year? Actually, that one. I actually yeah. really liked that one. It was a really cool, it was like a swim and then a sand run. And then you did, I forget, it was like, it was kind of like a take on Murph. It was like chest of bar pull-ups and push-ups and air squats. That was a really cool one. There was another one with uh, muscle-ups, uh, GHGs, a run and deadlifts, but the deadlifts were like with like the small plates instead of like a regular bumper plate. And I thought that was a really cool one. One I could have done without was like the softball toss. You know, it's kind of <laughs> like I've never tossed a softball in my life. So I was like, I mean, maybe you're playing around, but, um, but yeah. The infamous softball toss. Yeah. <laughs> still gets brought up today. Um, so then you begin this journey and I'm sure your goal was to get back to the games. Yeah. And, and you accomplished something. I'm, I'm not, I'm sure you didn't want to accomplish, but the largest stretch between making the games in the open division from 2011 to 2019. In that stretch, you moved to New England. So, so what was your thinking there? Were you looking for coaching? I know you, you were on their team for a year. Um, how did that go? Yeah, this is a complicated story. So yeah, I mean, I, I, I started working with Ben in 2011. So I had been following Back then, he didn't even have comp train. He didn't have competitors wide. He had CrossFit New England and their main website. And then underneath, it would say competitors. And it would be like Snatch, five by one, and like some gymnastics work. So I had started following him, met him and Heather at the 2011 regionals and started working with him from there. And every year, it was always like something. Like 2012, the stupid 70-pound dumbbell crushed me. Uh, the next year, I got attacked by a dog two weeks before regionals. And so I couldn't do regionals and like, it was just like, and then 2014, the rope climb event killed me. And then 2015, I went on the team. So, um, the transition from home here to there, um, happened 2013. Um, I had opened a gym and found out later that year that my business partner was a complete scumbag. And I have no problem saying that online because I a hundred percent agree with it. Um, had a previous history and something that I was not proud of to represent. And I found out from honestly, Greg Glassman's lawyer, who I am still grateful for today, who contacted me to let me know this. 
Um, and I was basically in a position where it was like, well, I can't afford to buy this gym from him and I don't know what to do. So I went up to visit Ben for a competition. I won the competition and um, was talking to him, just kind of like my situation. He's like, well, why don't you just move up here? I was like, okay. <laughs> so I'm like, I have nothing, nothing to hold me back. So I came home, I'm like, hey mom, I'm gonna go ahead and um, gonna, you know, get out of my lease and I'm gonna move up to New England. New England. She's like, you're doing what? So I did that and, and it was the best decision I ever made because I learned once again, so much about myself. Um, ben was an amazing mentor. Like he taught me so much about not just being an athlete, but being a coach, mindset stuff, um, being a good person. Like, like my life, just like, I feel like everything kind of came together up there. Um, and then in 2015, uh, I decided to go on the team. And, um, and then, so that's where things kind of got a little bit shifted. Um, and my story is so crazy, guys. So 2014 ends. Um, we're going into the 2015 season. Uh, we decide that I'm going to go on the team CrossFit New England that year. So, um, we're doing, I forget what the workout was. Um, uh, it was like an assault bike test and somehow me and Ben get into a conversation about body fat percentage. Trigger goes off in my head. Cheryl goes back into, I've got to be good enough for this team now. And I decide that I want to start to cut weight again because I want to be better at gymnastics. So, um, I start to diet again. So I was about 150 pounds then. Um, and it started off in a really good way, but the pressure of the team kind of got to me and I lost a little bit too much weight and got back into an unhealthy place, caught it early enough and was able to pull myself out of it. That's where my nutrition journey kind of shifted into, you know what, like people need to know like how to eat because I realized that all I ever knew was either how to gain weight or how to lose weight. Never really did I know how to eat. And so even with advice from my coach at the time, you know, Oh, just keep doing what you're doing. You're fine. Like I was never given any, any real education. Like, what is it like to just eat, to be me? Like, so, um, that's kind of when I really started to shift my focus into like, I want to get more involved with nutrition coaching. And later on that year, um, my grandfather, uh, so my grandmother dies 2000, you know, uh, four, my grandfather gets really sick 2015 and I moved back home again, um, to start taking care of him. And, and now that's kind of what brought me back home here now. So, um, and the evolution of me as a CrossFit coach full time to being okay. Like the gym around here is like, we really can't afford to take on a full-time CrossFit coach, but you're such a good nutrition coach. Like I see you help people all the time. So you're welcome to start like marketing that. And, and then that became an evolution of me into doing more nutrition coaching. And, and then I hired a nutrition coach to make sure that I was keeping myself accountable. And he was like, well, let's get you more involved with nutrition coaching. And so that kind of evolved into now where I'm doing what I'm doing now. So it's kind of like a short winded way of my evolution from all of that back home to what I'm doing now. So you, you come move back in 15, you don't get back to the games till 19. What happens between 16? Hopefully no more dog attacks. Um, <laughs> yeah. Heavy and, dumbbells. Um, quick, and quick yeah, question so, before, before yeah, we get yeah. on to that too, did, was your, let's call it a, like a mini relapse with the eating stuff. Did that sort of take you out of the mix for the team? Yeah. So that was a really, I'm not going to really shitty situation. So okay. 
I basically went to regionals. We qualify as a team. I was training for the games and about two weeks before the games, Ben's like, Hey, we think that we should probably not have you go to the games. So, so I this was a, Yeah. So this was teams of six and there was like yeah. eight people. So they had the another alternates. girl. They had another girl go in for me. And so I was, that was also like super frustrating. Cause I'm like, dude, I literally just qualified this team. And, and to be honest, like he had done it to a number of other girls uh, years past and they're like, Oh, this is what he does. I'm like, okay, like nothing bad, like totally like respect for them all, all together. It was for the best interest of the team at the time. I had lost too much weight. I don't know that I would have done as well as I would have wanted to do that year at the game. So blessing in disguise, you know, I, I came home uh, the following year, actually, I came home the following year. And then, um, uh, and then that's when my grandfather kind of got sick and I was home here with that. So yeah. Okay. Super tough to talk about, but. That's okay. We appreciate you being <laughs> yeah. open. Yeah. So, so what, what did you do then from 16 to 18 uh, competitively, or did you just focus on your grandfather and uh, getting into the coaching aspect? Yeah, of you know, I feel like I've always given it effort to go to the games, but like at that point, I think I was so focused on my grandfather. That's, that was a super, like, that was my focus. Um, just kind of figuring out my life. Um, you know, I've, I've been obviously training CrossFit, you know, for at this point now, six years, 2016. And it's like, what, what does my future look like? So, um, I was kind of confused. I, I didn't really have a coach at the time. I, I still competitively was pretty good. I still did well in the open and everything like that. But, um, you know, it was really hard to also like with losing too much weight, it, it was super hard to, if I had stayed where I was, if I think about how strong I would be right now, I would be so much better off. But I actually like from 2016 to 2019, I kind of was like just complacent in, in an essence of like, I'm okay with my life right now. I, I want to kind of figure things out. I don't really know what that looks like. You know, like I didn't really know. So, I mean, I still did the open. I still did, you know, I still trained. I still enjoyed it. Um, but I really was like trying to figure out what my future was going to look like. Like, what do I want to do with my life? Like where, Am I, am I going to own a gym? Am I going to keep working at a gym? Am I doing this? You know, like I kind of was just trying to figure out everything all together. And, and that's kind of where I was 2019 happened. And I was like, what? I'm going back to the games. Like, this is awesome. Like, this is exciting. <laughs> so it was exciting. So I also found in my research that you have so many uh, certifications and uh, accreditations, uh, CrossFit level three, yeah. Uh, a couple different nutritional uh, certif certifications, uh, CrossFit weightlifting, CrossFit gymnastics, uh, aerobic capacity. Like, yeah. You just seem to be on the path of constant learning. Yeah. I like, I love to learn. And that's honestly, that's why I, I <laughs> it's hard because I feel like as an athlete, people that are athletes, like, the top level level CrossFitters, they probably primarily focus on their sport. And I'm, I'm so much more about like helping other people too. So like, I feel like, like today I was getting photos done earlier today because I'm getting a website done and I'm like, oh, oh, time to go put on my other hat. And she laughed and she's like, what do you mean? I'm like, I'm going to go be a coach. Cause I had a couple of clients that I talked to today. And so I've always had this, like, I've always wanted to learn more. I've always wanted to be educated enough so that I can apply it to people. Like, I, I do believe that experience is more important than education. 
but education with experience is like the magical combination. So, um, and it's, it's helped me be a better athlete, but also helped me be a better coach. So, um, the more I can learn, and I, I've honestly been very grateful to work with some of the most amazing people in the CrossFit community and beyond. So, you know, Chris Henshaw, hands down aerobic capacity, one of the first aerobic certification I ever did, I learned so much from him and, and the gymnastics, you know, Kevin Montoya, like all the people that I've been able to be connected with in this sport, you know, Ben, you know, like have just really helped me be a better person, be a better coach and everything. So so you make the games in 19. We don't want to skip that because that's a great achievement. And on your Instagram, you did this really cool post where you put a picture of you doing the ruck run. Yeah. And kind of your mindset going into that. And, and I want you to kind of share that because I thought it was so cool. Yeah. So the ruck run, that was, that was a fun event. Uh, once again, fun, but painful. Um, I'm not sure which post you're referring to, but I know that the mental, the mental aspect of the ruck run is like, it gets harder as you go. <laughs> and like, you just have to kind of realize that you just got to kind of keep grinding through. So if you want to give me a specific on the ruck run, what you're, what you're referring to, because it, I probably it was made, exactly that. Yeah, I was like, that's all I know is like, literally the grind is where the magic is made. And, and it, it, it didn't come down to, you know, who had the best talent, the best this and that. It was like, who wants it, who wants it more? Like, who's going to be able to put weight on and keep going? <laughs> right, because every, every lap you had to put more weight in the backpack yep. yeah. and then and zip it up and, and head out for another lap. And that kept coming. And it, yep. so it kept getting harder. And as a smaller athlete, that weight is going to make a difference. And, and you kind of talked about that, that you had to, before the event happened, get into a mindset that, I'm just going to have to grind through this. Yeah. And for me, um, I, I learned how to set checkpoints in my, in my head, you know, like I was talking to someone about a 2k row yesterday. I'm like, I know it takes me about, you know, 120 pulls on the rower to row a thousand meters. And they're like, how do you know that? I'm like, cause I set checkpoints in my head. And it's the same thing when I was in the rock run, I'm like, I know like every lap, like where I'm going to be like, I'm going to pick off somebody there. I'm going to go a little faster here if you set little milestones, little checkpoint points, you get to your end result so much faster than if I had realized, oh my God, I'm on lap one, I have four more to go. I would have shit the bed the first round. <laughs> you know, I would have been like, I, no way I'm finishing this, you know, so. And you were using that for your nutrition clients to let them know, you know, sometimes you have to grind and, and you have to have checkpoints, right? You can't lose 200 pounds in a week. You've got to do it slowly and it's honestly, I try very hard to parallel my athletic mindset with my nutrition clients. And it's why um, I, I have my own podcast. I started, it's called the Inner Athlete Podcast, because I believe that whether somebody is a top level competitor or they've never done a day in their life, everybody can harness their inner athlete and use that in other areas of their life. And I'm actually reading a book that was probably five years old at this point, it's called Relentless. And he talks a lot about like the athlete mindset. And if you guys, if people can learn how to channel that same mindset into other areas of their life, or it, it just becomes so powerful once again. And like, and that's why I try and share that because maybe my struggles are different, but they're the same. It requires the same level of mental fortitude in a different environment. And if we can learn how to use that, we're unstoppable. Yeah. So 
what was your favorite event from 2019? The snatch, uh, well, I would have loved to do Mary, but so story is, okay, the freaking cuts, they screwed me because I was one of the girls I got, one of the smaller girls, I got stuck on the lane. I don't know if you guys heard all the sled push uh, drama with the tacky floor. Yeah. I was one of those that got the, the one that was like not going to go anywhere. So I got cut in that event and the next event was Mary and I would have crushed Mary. I'm telling you, I know Carrie Pierce is a badass. I would have given her a run for her money. I would not have beat her probably. I'm not going to say that, but like I would have given her a run for the money, but um, I really like the snatch rope climb event. That was a super cool uh, way to open up the opening ceremony. I thought that was just, it was, it was great. Like that was really well, like put together. It was good mixture of like, let's test a little bit of everything and go from there. I liked that one a lot. I also liked, I would not have done well in this one, but I really liked watching the clean, um, like the clean event with the, that was just a really cool format. It was a little long, but it was a really cool format. I really enjoyed that as yeah. well. So, so as an athlete and as a coach, how do you feel about the upcoming changes as far as the season with the, with the open and that? You know, change is never comfortable. It doesn't matter what they did, right? They took away regionals. People were pissed off. But then it was like, sanctionals comes. I was like, well, cool. You can compete in Africa or you can compete in Australia. Like, that's kind of cool too. Um, and now it's kind of going back to, I don't want to call it like the same format as before, but I, I, I kind of like it a little bit better. And I'm almost wondering if these like, like the U.S. trials and stuff are a way for them to kind of test out some things because I, I kind of liked the way that was formatted in that um you know they were they were very specific on like we want you in this box like with the rogue invitational they mm -hmm. wanted you in a specific box with a specific camera angle with a specific everything to make it more fair because i'm sure if you guys have done some of these open workouts literally people would have their rower set up under the pull-up bar to make it faster and all those things matter so i think having that standard is so good so i actually I'm kind of looking forward to the upcoming season and I'm actually really excited to give it a run for, give it a run this year. I mean, why not? Right. So I love it. It's fun. So I'm still training hard. So might as well. Yeah. Yeah. I love, I love the extra quarterfinals uh, with the top 10%. Mm -hmm. I don't really know what that's going to look like, but I like the strategy. I, I honestly, I think I listened to one of your guys' podcasts. You were talking about it a little bit, but I like the the concept of it. We're starting here. Okay, the next people go on to this. Next people go on to this. I'm I'm thinking that Wadapalooza, the owners of that, are probably going to end up being one of the uh, regionals, whatever you want to call it, or the, the finals, because they now have postponed the. There's no Wadapalooza this year, mm -hmm. which was supposed to be in May. So I'm assuming that they're probably going to be taking over something to do with that. So I, we we have theories as to what that's going to be. Um, with with a little bit of inside information that there's going to be a triple crown outside the season that is going to be rogue dubai and wadapalooza yeah that's cool so in between the games in the open they'll have this triple crown where people can compete outside the season and still make good prize money that's awesome and honestly that's why i love the sport and that's why i like the sanctionals because i'm like at the end of the day and this is something that i i remember you know hearing from ben you know like the games is one week out of the entire year. If you're literally putting your value and everything on what happens in one week out of your year, like you're missing out on a lot of opportunity for fun, for excitement, for enjoying your life. So giving people something else to look forward to is I think also super cool. So, and Wadapalooza, if you guys have never been to it, is 
an amazing event. It's just super fun down in Miami. There's just so many people, fit people everywhere. So it's like fit people take over in Miami. <laughs> yeah, we are. We're going to be there next year. Um, they actually have a podcast stage at Wadapalooza. Yep. And uh, we were invited to take part in that. So, Congrats. so yeah. So Cheryl, um, online versus in-person competitions, how do you think um, either one treats you specifically as an athlete? I actually, it's funny because there's two things. It, it can go both ways. For me, I know I'll push harder when there's other people next to me, but sometimes pushing harder in a workout where I shouldn't be pushing hard sets me back. So like, like doing the rogue invitational, I do wish I had been able to do that with people because some of the workouts, I think I maybe would have pushed a little harder if I had known where other people were. But then again, some of the strength workouts, it was good to not have the pressure of like, okay, like Sarah Sigmund's daughter is literally going to crush that barbell. I'm not going to be as fast as her. So it gave me an opportunity to be in my own zone. Um, I actually, I like in person better. I really do. Obviously it's way better. Um, I like the, I like not, I like having the on online first, but I, I still love the in-person better than the online. Do you have a coach? I do. So I work with Tino Martini. He's from CrossFit Invictus and he's super cool. <laughs> he's just super like I can, I voice memo him all the time. Tino, um, today's workout was really hard and I was really unmotivated. He's like, Cheryl, stop complaining. <laughs> I'm like, okay, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just telling you. So yeah, he's awesome. So were you technically like an Invictus athlete then? Yeah, I guess you can awesome. say that. Yeah. Like yeah. Jen Ryan and all those. Yep. Yep. Jen Ryan. Cool. Yeah. And Jen Ryan, honestly, she just joined in with, um, I'm in something called the boardroom with, uh, Jason Phillips, who's um, my nutrition coaching mentor. Um, my business mentor, I guess you can call him. And, uh, she just joined in on that. So, nice. and it was cool that we met on a completely different platform, not even related to CrossFit. So she, she just got to introduce them like, Oh, so cool. Jen's in here. So Very yeah. Cool. Yeah. That's a great stable. Yeah. They're, they're a good group of people. And I tried to go, I was hoping to visit them this year, but with COVID it's been, you know, crazy. <laughs> so. Well, speaking of online competitions, uh, we have a major event happening this weekend, some live competition to watch, and that is the U.S. Trials. Uh, they're going to be airing Saturday, uh, I believe, from 9.30 to 6-ish, and then Sunday uh, they're airing as well. And you are made the final six uh, in the U.S. Trials, and will be a part of that. I know. I was, like, so excited. And speaking of online competitions, what I really liked about this one, you couldn't leaderboard. There was yeah. no like, oh, what does somebody score? Is somebody going to beat you? There was none of that. I had no idea where anybody was. And, and the other thing is like, so for me, the excitement was, you know, I'm 35. I'm going to be 36 in May. And I'm like, okay, I can register for the 35 to 39 division. I'm like, but where do I want to compete? Eh, I want to go in the elite division. So I'm like, I'm going to go there. And I, and I knew I was taking a risk. I'm like, you probably would do well in the higher one in the age group. But I'm like, let me go ahead and do the elite division. And I did. And I'm like, I'm really, I'm really proud of myself. And, and it was funny cause I was going to make a post about this today is, um, is making excuses is like a lot of people will make excuses for like why they can't do something. I'm the girl that'll make excuses for why I can. Oh, well, I only made the elite division because it was like, maybe not everybody competed in it or 
maybe because it wasn't it was only dumbbells like i'll make excuses for why i competed versus just being like cheryl like shut up like you just qualified for something really cool like just enjoy it and have fun you know so but yeah i'm excited yeah, yeah nope. I, gotta, I gotta ask too that's a it's a unique you know way of doing it um i was actually part of the behind the scenes counting reps for almost all the athletes um in this one but do you know how you finished or is it no idea. You have no idea. Okay. No, I think I, that's, so I, I it's funny cause I was, I was talking to Scott and I'm like, I didn't even, okay. So when I first signed up for it, I, I guess I misunderstood what I was doing. I thought I was signing up for this competition back in December and then the top people were going to compete on January 16th and 17th. Yep. Now I understand because this whole week I'm like, well, what am I doing this weekend? I'm like, am I supposed to be competing this weekend? And then, and then I'm like, oh, I get it. So they're just going to be airing it this weekend. And so I'm like, okay, much different. So, but it's cool. I have no idea. And I'm assuming I'll find out this weekend. So, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, just to give you a little a heads up the, we, we had to actually click a mouse every time the athlete completed a rep. Oh, geez. So that the rep counter on screen will show, you know, you head to head with Andrea and whoever else is in your division and showing you the rep counting as it goes. It's That's super so cool. tedious, but super cool. Yeah. And, and definitely it's one of those things that they're trying out to see how that would work going forward with some other online stuff that's bound yeah. to happen this year. That's like what they did for the Rogue Invitational too. I remember that because I had a, a guy that was there working with me with that and it was, he was sitting there counting with a, yeah thing, yeah so. but he was doing it as you were doing it so we we doing like, oh we have yeah, the, true. yeah it's you know, true yeah and then yeah it was <laughs> it was yeah. crazy that's we're so actually cool. meeting um in another 20 minutes to go over like final final video walkthrough for the weekend that's so awesome that was yeah. so cool i'm glad i got to i'm glad i did it it was fun and it's it's it it not only was it a trial for the athletes, we talked to Matt O'Keefe, and it's a trial for this software because you're going to be able to select an athlete and make them full screen. Oh, cool. Um, so if, if I want to watch you, I can click on you and watch you specifically while the workout's going on and still see kind of what's going on with the other athletes through the rep counters and, and such on the side. Yeah, that's so cool. That's really awesome. I'm excited for it. So it'll be fun to watch. So yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be fun to see. Can't wait yeah. to check it out. Yeah, I can't wait to see how it all pans out. I mean, I probably could have paid more attention when we were judging the times and things, but I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, the workouts were you, they were you tough. Know, well, what's funny is like going throughout the whole COVID, right? I, I'm like, guys, get a pair of dumbbells and a jump rope because those workouts were tough work. Like you. You were sore. Like I was sore because your midline is so taxed from the dumbbell, dumbbell stability and stuff like that. And even though there's not a lot of variance in like what you can do with dumbbells, there's still quite a bit of variance and you're still getting great workouts in. So, I mean, I actually program some of them for some of my online clients because I'm like, why not? You know, so it's fun. Awesome. Well, I want to talk about where you are today and kind of with your business and, and everything you're doing and you've talked about it throughout, but you, you're doing online coaching and you're doing, you're a nutritionist, a nutrition coach. Um, so what, what is that? What is that like? What do you do any in-person coaching? Yeah. Um, so I really don't do, I, I, I do coach across the class cause I, I will never give that up. I always want to coach something like, I just love it. Um, but I do primarily online nutrition coaching. Um, and I absolutely love it. I, I never thought in a million years that my full-time job was going to be like online nutrition coaching, but 
the amount of impact I've been able to have on people's lives is insane. Um, and, and that's something that's what I really always wanted. And I, and I think back to, you know, even working with Ben Bertrand and there's something wrong with his mindset, but we used to have this mindset of like, when a person walks into the gym, make it the best hour of their day. And I agree that across the class should be a well-run, well-structured, you should leave with a good experience. But what I realized was there was such a divide between what happened in that hour and the other 23 hours. And it was usually what was limiting a person from seeing the results they wanted. And so with nutrition coaching, I realized that like, I'm kind of blending the two together. And, and that's kind of why I, I love it because it's usually the missing link. And if I think about my journey, what helped me the most was learning nutrition. And, and I think that there's so much misconception, I guess, of, of what it looks like to eat healthy and to eat for results and doing this keto diet or this diet, or maybe I shouldn't do this. And like, there's no right or wrong diet. And I'm, I'm super passionate about educating people. So when clients work with me, I'm not just like giving them results. That's what they're getting, but they're getting the reason why they're getting tools They're They don't, I don't want them to have to go to another coach and figure out how to lose 20 pounds again, or how to get ready for a, an athlete, an athletic event. I want them to know, like, when they work with me that I'm going to give them everything that they need so that they don't ever have to have a coach ever again. And it's something that I'm super passionate about. Um, I'm actually working on right now with a, a person to create my own website where I'm going to have like a membership site for people to kind of get all the content that they need. Um, and I try and just be available for people. Like I do zoom classes. Anybody's always welcome to join those. I always will post on, on Facebook. Like, hey, anybody wants to join my zoom and, if it's questions you want answered, if it's education you want, or if it's something that I think you need to know about, I'm going to do it. Um, I try and connect with my clients. So like last weekend I had, last week it was long. I had three clients competing in three different areas. One was at a competition in Orlando and one was doing a thing called the Dopey Challenge in Juno Beach. And I'm like, you know what? I want to go support these people. So I did, you know, I, I try and I'm trying to build a community of people and and a community of people that are just wanting to better themselves. And that's really what I'm about is people that want to improve themselves because that's what I want for myself. So my, me helping other people helps me become a better person. So, so I got a taste of kind of your schedule last weekend as we were texting, uh, trying to schedule this. Yeah. Um, and it's insane. It is. And, but to be the best coach, you have to be that committed. So how do you balance being the best coach you can be and being a CrossFit Games competitive athlete? I don't. Sounds super easy, right? Um, I don't. There's, uh, what, I've, what I've learned is there's no balance in life. And it's 100% that you don't, there's no balance. You can be great at one thing. You can be good at some things. Right now, I want to be a great coach. I want to be a great coach. I want to be a good athlete. And that means that some days my training might not be the way I want it to be. Other days I might say, guys, it's Saturday and I want to have a really good training day. So today's my day. I don't try and balance it because before I, if I try and balance too much stuff, everything just stays the same. You'll never know your full potential. And if I look back at even thinking back like 16, 17, 18 in my life, I should have went harder as an athlete. I had that opportunity. I didn't have a full-time job. I was taking care of my grandfather and really I was training, but I wasn't putting as much effort as I could have been into it. I could have, but I'm not going to miss that opportunity again. And, and it's not because I want to be, you know, a, a great athlete. I want to be a great athlete, but 
I want to be a great person and I want to, so there is no balance. I I've learned that over time things balance out. And, and right now my focus is, is honestly, yes, protecting me as a, as a person and making sure that what I value, which is my athletic career is taken care of because it makes me a better person. But knowing that my greater goal right now is to help more people and, and that the balance eventually will probably shift again. Maybe two years from now I'm balancing, trying to have a family. And now my business is kind of taking the backseat and my family becomes, you know, more of my priority. So I've learned that there really is no balance, you know? So if you're, if you're balancing things, you're never fully invested in one thing. So how, how long did it take you to come to that, that decision? You know, you've been a part of the, the competitive CrossFit scene since 2010. And now, you know, you, with everything you've been through, what made you realize that coaching had to be your number one priority now? I just think that it's what I want. It's not that I don't, don't get me wrong. I still, hands down, will consider myself, I am a competitive CrossFit athlete. I am still going to go through the open like I want to compete. I am still going to make sure that when I'm in the gym and I'm training, and I'm giving it 100% effort, but I'm not going to spend, I can't spend, you know, like for instance, my, my first session of the day is at seven o'clock in the morning. You know, if you listen to a lot of the games athletes, they're still sitting at home, like drinking coffee and like doing mindful meditation and Ramwad. And I'm like, let me hurry up and get these intervals in so I can get to work at 830, you know? So I know that like when I'm, what I want to do is be the best athlete that I can, but also know that that's not going to be my best. And as long as I'm enjoying the process and I'm getting fitter and I'm having fun and I'm okay with that. Like that's, that's kind of where I'm at. So the realization, I don't know that there was ever like an actual like realization more so of just more like a shift of focus. And I think that, I guess if I could think about when the shift happened, I guess it was COVID. I really do like that. Now that I'm thinking about like, because when COVID hit, I realized how much my clients needed me, meaning I, I wasn't just a nutrition coach. It was Cheryl, my husband's out of work for five, you know, for five months now, like, what am I going to do? And, and being able to be a support for them, you know, and like something to, for them to lean on. So maybe I, maybe it was that realizing that like my role in life is so much more important than how fast I can do thrusters or how much weight I can lift. So not that I don't value that, but maybe it was like that there was a greater purpose for what I'm here for. And, and maybe it was COVID that kind of shifted that because I recognized that I was needed in the world more than I thought I was. I think it's pretty amazing as I listen to your story, how it begins with someone who had to work on herself and it was all inner. And now it's turned to like mostly outer, you know, and that, that mindset flip is it's, it's really cool. And, and I don't know, I don't know how else to put it. It's just, it's this evolution of a woman through a lot of bad times to get to this place where you're comfortable saying, I'm okay with putting myself on the back burner a little bit while I help these other people. And what really like why I want to come on this podcast is because I know there are so many people out there like me who don't know and they, and they doubt themselves and they're, and they're confused and all of these things. And, and even as you were saying that, I'm like, that's why I wanted to, to talk because I want people to know, like, you're capable of so much more. 
And I think back to when I started this podcast and you asked me about my athletic background as a kid. And I told you that I was, I was 10, 11, 12 years old and I wanted to go to the Olympics. I didn't want to go to the Olympics for the medal. I told my mom, I wanted to motivate people and I wanted to inspire people. And I knew that I had to have people listen to me. And the only way to get people to listen to me was to somehow be in front of people. And somehow all the shit that's happened to me, the eating disorder, the, the everything, the finding CrossFit, the CrossFit games, like the people I've connected with, everything that has happened has somehow made that dream that I had, like when I was freaking 10 years old, like come true. And like, it's just weird. Like all the things that could have pulled me from that have somehow brought me closer to it. You know, like the crazy dog attack in 2013, like everything, like everything has somehow like worked up to being here right now. And it's just, it's insane. Such so, a blessing. Yeah. Gave me goosebumps. Cause I'm like just super fired up about it. So. So I'm going to finish up with this last question. Um, you know, you said you're 35 going on 36 this season. You'll have the option to be in the open division or the master's division, and you don't have to make that decision today. But if it turns out that the master's is the route you have to go to make it to the games, would you take that route or do you want to specifically stay in the open division as long as you can? I don't know. I mean, I feel like, I feel like I'll take any opportunity at the end of the day. I just love the sport. Um, I do really want to still compete in the open division. Um, I did not, I could have done the, uh, master's division last year, but I couldn't because I hurt my ankle right the week before. So believe it or not, the week of the rogue qualifiers, I hurt my ankle. And that was like the week after the week before the master's qualifiers. So I couldn't even do those last year. Uh, and I could have, um, but they didn't have the master's athlete or the master's thing anyways, but um, I would, I would totally go into the masters if I, you know, if I qualified for it, I also would go for the open too. So if, if I have to, if I'm given a choice this year, uh, before I sign up, if you're asking me that, like, and they ask me, do you want to go 35 to 39 or open division? I'm going to choose open division just because probably what I want to do. I mean, it's, I, I figured you'd say that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just, I love it. You know, I, I mean, I don't know. I feel like it, it's cool either way, but I would. So. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So Kat and Amy, do you have anything else you want to ask or? No, I've just loved hearing your story and, and how, and your journey and, and how you are taking that and inspiring others. I feel really inspired. So I love your story and thank you for sharing it with us. Well, I appreciate that a lot. Like, thank you so much. Cause I really am happy to be here. And like, I'm super excited that I was asked to be on your podcast. So thank you so much. So where can people find out more information about your nutrition coaching, your online programming? I know you have find a new website on, yeah. coming out. Yeah. Find me on Instagram, Cheryl Nasso, Facebook, Cheryl Nasso. I've got a Facebook group called Nasso Nation. Um, anybody's welcome to join that. Y'all are welcome to join in. So you'll see a lot more lives of me <laughs> doing random stuff. So um, I try and just, you know, bring as much value as I can. So if you even have questions, you know, shoot them over to me. You know, I'm, I'm, I try and be active and there's a couple of like ladies CrossFit groups and stuff like that. I try and answer questions as much as I can in those groups too. So, uh, whatever y'all need. So. And their inner athlete podcast. Yes. Inner athlete podcast. Duh. Yeah. I, I do a new episode. So I've committed to one episode a week. I'm um, like, that was my commitment when I started. So I'm doing it every Friday I record and every Monday it airs. So, and sometimes it's nutrition, sometimes it's training Sometimes it's mindset, um, sometimes a little bit of all of it. So 
and wherever podcasts are available. Yep. Spotify, Apple, uh, whatever. I think I, those are the two main ones I think of what we use. Awesome. I think there's actually Google podcasts now. So. Well, I, ha- I really enjoyed this hour, Cheryl. So thank you so much for, for doing this with us. No, I'm like super excited to hopefully get to connect with you guys in Miami at some point. That'd be awesome. Yeah, and yeah. I, I think a, I think a second appearance would be good because I want to get into some of the stuff that you brought up with the dog biting and all that. There's there's way more to this that oh, I need yeah. to know. I'm telling you, like <laughs> I, I literally, so I I recorded a podcast and I recorded like my story, and I'm like I'm gonna have to do two episodes. Are people really gonna want to listen to my whole story? I'm like, what? Yeah, they will. People did, so you know. Yeah. So, but yeah, I'll be back more. So, in anything, I'm I'm like super pumped. Just obviously anything you guys need from me too. Your guys' podcast brings a lot of value. Like you guys definitely interview some good people. You guys have a really like a lot of education too, a lot of CrossFit stuff. I, I love it. So I look forward to your guys' episodes whenever they come up. So. Awesome. Well, we'll definitely have you back. Um, cause I'm sure you'll do more great things in the future. Um, but thank you so much for this. Yeah. Thank you so much. And we'll talk have soon. Great night. All right. Bye guys. See you. Thank you for joining us on the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends podcast. Remember, you can find us now on YouTube as well as all major podcast platforms. Please go ahead and hit that subscribe button on whatever platform you use and consider giving us a five-star rating. Thank you so much for joining us and we'll see you next time on the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends.